you should be in control of the growth, not the growth in control of you. And that's you as a person and you as the business. My advice all the time is don't let it get to that stage when you have to actually start going through and really rebuilding your business so it can grow to the next level. Start it early, start it before you think you need it, because you will need it. Welcome to the first episode of Made to Grow, the podcast for SME manufacturers brought to you by Flowlands, the simple, affordable MRP system. Over the coming 10 episodes, we've got a host of experienced manufacturers, industry thought leaders, and subject matter experts sharing their personal stories and professional insights to help you on your manufacturing success story. We'll be looking at the highs and lows of leadership, the nitty gritty of digital transformation, operational excellence, and establishing what is the right mindset for manufacturing success. So, stay tuned and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts for a new episode every fortnight. This week, I'm talking with Mel Archbold, former MD of a successful materials handling manufacturer who now supports SME businesses in their scale-up journey through her consultancy, Cloudbusting. Mel shares actionable insights into the stages of development and the need to evolve as you scale. And we discuss the importance of vision setting and getting out of the weeds. So let's jump right in. Well, welcome Mel, and thank you very much for joining the podcast. Um, and I'm really looking forward to hearing um, what you have to share with our listeners in terms of your um, interesting and varied experience with um, your manufacturing growth story and the work you're doing now with your clients through through cloud busting. Um, so welcome. And Thank you. Uh, could, Thank you. could you um, just give, give us a bit of a background uh, to your story um, and what you know what gets you out of bed in the morning? Ah, well, that's usually my daughter. Um, although having said that, she's very good at uh, getting up herself and sorting out her own breakfast now but no apart from that yeah hi firstly thanks for asking me to come on to your podcast um i think my journey in manufacturing um is all stems from my family and um particularly my dad um they formed a, a business back in 1985 and i joined that family business in 1990 and then for 17 years, I was the managing director of the business. The business was an, an engineering company. We designed and manufactured uh, quite a niche range of materials handling solutions for a, a, a really wide sector of uh, manufacturing industries from pharmaceutical, food, chemical, logistics. So. It's kind of been in my blood, really. Dad's always been a, an engineer and I've grown up with it. Um, you know, uh, Christmas presents were always something that he'd made. Um, market stalls, go-karts, etc. So, yeah, definitely in my blood. Happy days. And um, you obviously exited uh, that business uh, a few years ago and um, and started cloud busting. So you, you felt you'd a lot to give back so can you tell us a wee bit more about that absolutely we, we actually um we we sold the business successfully sold the business in uh, at the beginning of last year so it was the beginning of uh, 2022 it took about a year to go through that process um 
and that was quite a big uh, big step being the family business but it was the right step and a good good moment to to do that it's good for the business um i was then uh, sort of tied in as you are with those types of deals um and then finally um sort of being able to exit fully i decided it was a bit like well what, what am i going to do i definitely didn't want to do nothing um and still you know need to work and, and want to work and really um the thing that sort of i felt very passionately about and had done so much reflection was on my journey uh, over those 17 years taking the business through uh lots of highs but a lot of lows and a lot of challenges and really looked at what 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 do i wish i had in place to support me as managing director as a business owner a shareholder as well um, and also on a family perspective how to you know sort of help family businesses as well through that so i formed cloud busting um, we predominantly work with sme business owners so small medium-sized business owners and it's really helping them scale uh, navigate their scale-up journey and particularly my big passion um is about sort of making sure they can do that whilst protecting their cash and their profit um and so it makes the journey worthwhile absolutely i think if you're not enjoying it as you go through each stage you know what's what is the point um, yeah very much definitely i think um when we were chatting before you know we you had summarized the stages of growth which was something that resonated with me because sometimes it's not until you look in the rearview mirror that you realize what kind of stage you, you were at in a, in a period of, of growth or period of development. Um, and I think you know, pe people don't necessarily know what they don't know, um, particularly whenever yeah. they are uh, in the weeds all the time. So it'd be interesting just to, to summarize that and illustrate that. Yeah, well, definitely that. I mean, I think that in terms of my reflections on our journey, um the, the what i really learned again <laughs> sort of in hindsight but it was the the growth journey that we went through um actually so it, it wasn't so black and white as when you look in the textbooks and go well okay what's a, a an sme so you've actually got micro businesses two to ten employees small businesses which are um i think 11 to 49 employees and then medium-sized businesses which are 50 to 249 and business owners who are listening to this or anybody actually working in a business will know it's not so black and white as that and you actually go through growth transitions throughout that journey particularly as a small business so from going from 10 to 49 people you will have gone through probably two or three growth what you call growth spurts um and they actually place real challenges on business um and you don't you don't expect them to come because you think what's worked for you so far should continue to work going forward and the biggest um a sort of eye-opener for me was realizing how the um the different once you need to bigger teams and actually your management structure changes and as a business owner you're not so hands-on actually that's when everything starts to change in your business um 
And the big one is to actually recognize that is going to come. Um, and rather than sort of react to it, my advice now and how I work with uh, my clients is about actually plan for it, expect it to happen and be prepared for this. Yeah, because I, I think you see, certainly in my experience, business owners that are, are trying to hold on too long to too much of the, what they were used to just having to firefight or the detail that they enjoyed being involved in. And, yeah. you know, some have to ask themselves the question, are they still the right person for the for that job as the yeah. as the business evolved? Um, yeah, you know, that, and that's really true, because quite often the business owner is the person who had the initial idea as like could be the engineer as in you know is it the person who's going to design the product or you know might be the person who usually they've got a very specialist sort of angle if you're a great leader as well then that's a double you know that's a, that's you know a win-win but there is a point when you do have to go am i now the, the right person to take the company forward to the next level and i certainly sort of faced that because I knew where my, um, you know, I I was good at what I did. We've done a lot of growth, but very customer facing. But there were areas of the business which hadn't grown as quickly, you know, in 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 line with the um, the sort of sales and products and everything. And and that's really where, you know, you have to look at have you got the right people in the right seats for the different stages of the business. And also, and it's a tough one to face, but. The people who got you from, you know, from being a startup to where you are now, have they got the knowledge, the skill, the, the energy potentially to to take you forward for the next phase? Um, and so there's some big decisions you have to take. Um, again, if you're actually planning for that and having those conversations, then um, it's it, it's a lot easier to manage through those different growth transitions. How often do you see um, business owners and, and leaders setting out that vision? You know that it, we, we may be a small, uh, you know, ish team right now, but three, five, ten years time, you know, this is where we are going to be. You know, is that something that you see a lot of, or? Um, it, it starts at phase. Yes, you see it because everyone's, you know, they do a business plan. They've got a goal. They know where they're going then the journey starts and if they get through the startup phase which is always the the you know the, the the most vulnerable moment for a business did they get through the first couple of years then they're into it and what i'm finding is when i start talking with business owners who um probably been running their business 10 years 15 years the plan the that original plan that original goal is is very distant and they're not necessarily running around that vision um they kind of know they might sort of think well you know yeah i'd love to buy a boat you know i'd love to um i have a villa in Mallorca. i they have those kind of ideas but actually they're so hands-on in the business um they've they've lost that actual tangible um roadmap over how to get there so that and that's really the the I suppose the point when you have to ask yourself what's happening why have I lost that sight and typically it's because you're working in the business um troubleshooting problem solving growth starts to sort of slow down 
you might find cash starts to get really tight. And all of these things are what happens because your business is growing. It's not a bad thing, but if you are reacting to it, then you're not necessarily making the best decisions. And you as a person are not necessarily working to your, you know, your best best self because you're forever firefighting. And I, I know I've been there. Um, I know how you lose sleep. I know how you, you know, you, you sort of just are trying to get through the next week, let alone where's your three year vision gone. Um, so, yeah, it's it's quite common, to be honest, to see that in businesses that are around, I'd say, between 20 to 35, 40 people, employees, it can typically happen at that time. And that's when I, you know, sort of talk to the business owner and go, right, where do we want to go with this? You know, where, where, what are we doing? What are we scaling up for? You know, are we going to sell up? Are we going to, have we got a succession plan in place? Are we going to buy businesses? Are we going to grow? organically whatever it is you need to know because there is a definite best plan to follow in order to achieve your goals mm -hmm. and i think that that vision then if it's well enough defined then the team can get behind it whatever that may be and that they know where they're going particularly if you're asking them to to make sacrifices like you from our perspective you know with digital transformation uh companies are um putting themselves through um, months of of pain of change, you know, and the way things used to be maybe weren't uh, tenable any longer, but at least they were comfortable. Um, so, you know, but knowing why you're doing something and why you're putting that, you know, that extra effort in, or indeed, you know, in some cases, uh, you know, sacrificing somebody. So, if a project like digital transformation needs somebody who knows the business and has the authority and the experience to to deliver it. But that is a sacrifice to something else. You know, it might be growth, it might be engineering, production. Um, if you're yeah. not going to make that. Sorry, I, yeah. I, well, it, that's exactly it. You have to, um, it's not necessarily a sacrifice. It's a reallocating what you're doing. And, and because, I mean, I think business is starting out now and, and with all the, you know, fantastic digital products and the automation and the sort of tech that is around to design your business at startup around these processes and systems to me is just that is the way you start i'm working with businesses that have grown not necessarily with those systems underpinning their business and they're retrospectively putting them in place um you know i've been through it going from 2d to 3d for example trying to you know have a legacy of drawing data and and how do you get that into some kind of format that can then power your business if you can start from that perspective then that is absolutely the way to go but i don't really see that it's a sacrifice i think for a start i think people uh, are, are quite a scarce um, resource now and i was in two meetings yesterday where you know all businesses their biggest issue is finding the right people for their business finding any any people but you know finding the right people for their business mm -hmm. and so that drives you down having to look at systems and automation because you know essentially when you do get the right people you want them to be on the value-added test 
where you know if you can just automate those processes get them done yeah. don't worry it's not, it's not about saving jobs it's about actually um you know getting the, the system slick there and then using the labor and the talents that you can get into your business to actually help grow and optimize what you've invested in mm -hmm. absolutely i i see it as living their best life you know nobody wants to spend lots of time do, you know running manual processes or you know keeping a dozen of spreadsheets up to date and you know that's that's what kind of gets us out of bed for sure um yeah but, very much. I, I know what you mean it's not necessarily a, a sacrifice in that you know there's a bigger bigger picture um the i think what we see is particularly on the smaller side um you know up to up to 20 people there a business like that can only do one big thing at a time mm. you know whether it's an investment or maybe a new product launch or or digital transformation or you know enter a new territory because any one of those things is enough to almost kill a business um yeah. so so it's that it's that sort of opportunity cost i suppose is the is the, the thing and, and again if you've got a clear vision um you know what what makes sense Absolutely. to do in what order and I think it, it is a, it is that priority order. It is absolutely that. You know, growing your business requires investment. It requires cash. It requires investment. No two ways about it. Because you have to grow your business anyway, just to, in order to, you know, at least maintain margin, cover your overheads, the overheads grow. So growth has to happen. But growth to actually take your business further forward so this is a at a higher rate. It needs investment, and you you have to do it in a priority order. Um, you know, otherwise, as as you've gone and said, you can overstretch yourself, fall off the cliff. You know, I and I unfortunately speak from um, experience where we did too much at times. We did too much. We launched too many products. We did. We had too many R and D kind of really intensive um, focuses in the business. And and it meant you just you just could not physically keep your eye on everything else because we were managing this. It's too much, you know, and, and things always happened. You know, it was, you know, I look back and just go, you know, why didn't we just do this and get that one embedded, get that system in place? Then we go and take on three more countries to sell to because we've built the foundations to be able to support that. So it is the building blocks of growth uh, and what, you know, the, the layers to, to, to build, which are absolutely essential. Get them in the wrong order and you really can go over the top. And after the startup phase, the, the most common time for a business to, to go under is during that sort of growth between 20 and, and 35, 40 people. So it, once you've got through that and you're into what they then class as medium, you get to sort of the 60, 70, 80, you start to have a more robust balance sheet. Things just start to um, support the business. So if you do overstep or overstretch, you actually have usually got more going on in your business to support you through that or to support you through a, a hike in energy costs or a, a pandemic or... So it's about sort of understanding that balance sheet and the assets on it and what to protect. As I say, protect your cash, protect your 
your profits in order to help drive your growth plan. Coming back to where you used a minute ago, there's the foundation. Uh, well, so if, if the vision sort of shows people how you're going to get there and get to that nice place where you have that um, cushion as well, um, you know, your, your processes are the things that will get you there. And the, the processes are obviously living and breathing uh, yeah. things. But, you know, and how important for you is process mapping in engagement with, with businesses? Yeah. It's, I mean, wow, in terms of what I learned over, I, I honestly didn't know going into being the managing director of our business much about process mapping. For me, it was more like common sense thought. And I think I was quite fairly fortunate that my brain thinks along the, those lines, but I then learned about it and really and brought experts in to sort of help us address certain areas and from that really understood the value of mapping out your process and again now with businesses certainly with really small businesses um i i, I kind of you know miss bossy boots but i forced them to map out the process because you can identify you know what's going wrong you're able to apply you know sort of your non-conformance process um once you've got that mapped out to then implement your um, digital system, you know, whether it's, you know, a new accounting system, an inventory uh, manufacturing system, you know, predominantly in manufacturing. So that's that's what I know. Um, do it sooner rather than later. They are your foundation. So it's again, don't start to grow, you know, because once you've got that volume coming in, and the customer demand and the deadlines. If your systems can't support that, your people will take the the, the hit. Mm -hmm. They'll be working the extra hours. They'll be, and and you know, finally, you know, they either throw in the towel, or they go, you know, come on, this isn't good enough. And it's it's not a great place to work when, you know, you you haven't you're not able to support because you want to meet customer expectation. You know, you want to do that. Yeah, so get 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 those systems in place as soon as you can and understand as your business grows those systems have to evolve they what what works for a three or four man business does not work at 15 people and then once you're into you know sort of high levels of turnover and revenues coming in you know your system has got to have grown with you so you've got to re again think ahead you know is it a, is it scalable the Made to Grow podcast is brought to you by Flowlens, the simple, affordable MRP system specifically designed for SME device, equipment and machinery manufacturers. Our top-rated cloud-based software can help you cut down on wasted materials, time and money and eliminate the chaos of running your manufacturing with spreadsheets and hope. Our customers have reported savings of over a day per week per person in their business by cutting out needless admin, duplication of work, and countless mistakes. Plus, lead times are shortened by up to 75%. And after hundreds of successful implementations, we've got the blueprint for manufacturing success nailed down. Head over to flowlens.com for a quick video tour of the software and to hear from more manufacturers like you who have transformed their businesses with Flowlens. Now, back to the interview. You told me story when we spoke last week about one of your clients where you have their process map actually on the wall and 
they're able to kind of interrogate it and evolve as things yeah. change. I'm, um, I'm a huge fan of post-it notes. Um, I, you know, I know it's, I don't know whether, oh, honestly, they're recyclable, but I use post-it notes. They're a, a brilliant way to start the process. Um, I do it for brainstorming and everything, but for, for process mapping, they're brilliant, you know, and actually that end to end, when you sort of start with what's, what does the customer want from you? And you take it back and then you sort of put your, well, this is what we do. And then you can look at the, the gaps, you know, and it's a fantastic way to um, interact with the, and get people involved. Um, and it's, it's quite a team building process as well. So yeah, we do that. And, and whilst it seems very manual, and I know there's all these kind of digital whiteboards and post-it note processes, which um, I'm fairly sure will work brilliantly. It's just, you know, I'm a, a, a slightly old school, but it's it's a great way to actually do that. Um, and the business, you know, we were talking about um, previously, they're actually small scale manufacturers. Their products are in a very niche area and are on a plan. And we have a, a growth plan where they can scale and literally will be sold globally. And, um, you know, the manufacturing process is quite straightforward. You know, we can automate that to a, a fairly large um, degree. But at the moment, everything's hand done throughout the process. So we mapped it out. And then it became very easy to see, right, all of this could be done within a, a system. You know, at the moment, we've got five manual interventions here. You know, so actually to scale, we could scale this, deal with more volume without necessarily needing, you know, a lot more people to do each of the sort of manual um, manual tasks. So it was a great way to actually get the, the team to see that. Um, embrace it and then wow they're really running with this now mm -hmm. yeah I think you know if team members even if it is a small team of um, four or five they don't always know exactly what the other people are doing they just know they want to deliver as you said for the customer and um, so whenever you get them all in a room and, and map that out um, and even with bigger teams you know the penny drops as to, to what impacts behaviors are, are having on other other processes and ultimately how they put a drag on delivering for the customer or just make somebody's life miserable and <laughs> you know yeah. internally or externally so it's it is wonderful to, to have that you know i kind of call it the the bible that's on the you know and post-it yeah. notes are great as, as much well, yeah, as I, it is. I, I mean i think it is it really is and i you know i know sort of it's value stream mapping and and looking at that but it it is those methodologies are there for a reason they really work and it's just about how to get them as, into your culture of your company of your business and like i say using something very simple as post-it notes actually turns something that you know you can read big manuals on um you know and it sort of feels a bit daunting but actually you know and like i say i'm not a, a nowhere near an expert on these methodologies but actually once you have grasped it, using that process gets you going. And then when it comes to then going, right, let's talk to some experts now who could potentially automate all of this for us. They've got it there. It's it's also very easy for other people to, 
to understand, you know, and see um, and learn about the business. Absolutely, exactly, because I think some of these things are, is it, are can, can be common sense, but to the outside observers that things just happen. So they're a good way of training uh, other team members or new team members to, as to why we do this, why does this add value in the sequence? Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of post-it notes as well. Um, <laughs> moving them around <laughs> and they're tactile. Um, so in terms of your, you know, coming back to those stages of growth, have you got a, a, any other examples of, of Palomatic or your kind of cl current clients where um, you've been able to, particularly that sort of um, piece where people don't know what they, what they don't know, um, that mm. sort of intention where you can get, um, make a difference with a client? Um, well, yeah, <laughs> how long have we got? <laughs> um, I mean, certainly with my our own examples, um, I think with the stages of growth, I think the, I mean, it, I, I talk to a lot of business owners who really get it, they really understand once you actually talk about it, you can sort of look at it and go, oh yeah, this is what's happening, it, you know, in my business. And a lot of it stems from um, when the, you, like I say, you get these sort of the hierarchies start to come, you know, because you need to, it's how you get tasks done. It's it's right. And getting the, you know, I think the big thing for me is what's driving what. And the rule should be, and I wish I was always told this, but um, you should be in control of the growth, not the growth in control of you. And that's you as a person and you as the business. When growth is in control of the business actually your those stages of growth are, they're all reactive so you're you tend to make decisions around accommodating could be the weakness of somebody because they don't know how to do that oh well let's do a workaround around that rather than actually yeah but the business needs to know how to do that we have to tackle it and that's what I see in, in, in a lot of businesses that I'm talking to, where it's the growth has happened in a reactive way or the, the structure they are, how they operate, has, ha has is, they've just ended up like that because the growth has controlled it. And then you talk to some businesses which have, you know, sort of have that support and understanding and knowledge or they've done it before and they understand it where actually they plan the growth and that's when it's getting the priority orders so sort of examples for for us um you know we did so throughout the 1990s the main focus was on sell we sold we set up distribution markets around the the globe we were you know um it, it was i think we were doing probably 60 percent export of our product ranges um it was a fabulous time really high level of growth behind the scenes which is sort of i, I did kind of um touch on it earlier the the manufacturing and how we kept up with that were all quite manual processes and this is in the 1990s so it wasn't necessarily that we had you know the access to not even 
3D. I think we just sort of started to look at 3D at the end of end of that decade. Um, so everything was very manual, and what we found throughout the growth, even it's quite obvious, but the, the margins start to erode because it's it, you end up throwing more at it to meet that demand, you know. And then once you've got an overhead that's growing then you needed the demand to continue. You've got to carry on growing just to feed the overhead. Still buying. Yeah. And, and we just went through these cycles of, of, of that where we were very growth focused, very, I mean, we you know, we had fantastic products. We could solve a lot of customer problems, which is what we love to do. Uh, we were very good at that, but it was always catch up for the rest of the organization. And then when we got to the stage when um certainly for me it was you know after probably the third big hit on as we were doing well we then hit another big issue um you know a contract or whatever late payments you know so cash ends up being affected it was that point when i just stepped back it's like why is this happening again why are we so vulnerable to we still can't weather those storms and it was actually really looking much deeper into, you know, the processes, um, the where the time was focused, and it really wasn't adding any value. But there was a lot of uh, overhead <laughs> on that. <clears throat> and so at that point, that's when we started to do a big, you know, kind of um, sort of root and branch, go through every part of the business. But when you've got to 50 60 people doing that it takes time and yeah. you've got an awful lot of data and history legacy data um people who think they know it they do it that way we've always done it that way <laughs> um you've got all of that and to actually sort of have to go through that process at that stage of the business was really tough it took a lot longer than i ever thought and we were only, you know we were still coming through that at the point when we we eventually sold it was sort of to, to get but we were determined to actually make it happen because we knew what at that point once all of that was embedded within the organization then actually breaking through the glass ceiling and growing and really taking it up to you know where the demand was around the world without a doubt the demand was there we we have you know it was never about making sales it was about being able to um meet that expectation you know on time right first time all of that so so yeah you know like I say could go into lots of individual sort of examples but you know my advice all the time is don't let it get to that stage yeah. you know when you have to actually start going through and really rebuilding your business so it can grow to the next level start it early start it before you think you need it because you will need it if there's one thing you would you would leave the listener to to think about today um just to to bring it together because it's again manufacturers are tend to be trying to do a million things, but you know, what's the one thing that can make an impact for a manufacturer today who's in that kind of growth uh, journey? Um, I think, I mean, I, I suppose I do speak more uh, to business owners and managing directors and people in those leadership positions. 
Um, but without a doubt, know your numbers. You absolutely need to know your numbers. And by this, it is about how your company is performing. Um, and the real sort of accuracy of that. So make sure, you know, your systems, your reporting, everything needs to be timely. I can't stress some of the, the biggest challenges I had to deal with was because I didn't know my numbers or the numbers I, were, I was given were not accurate. So I was making decisions on information that wasn't right or they were too late. You know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but not when you're running a, a business and you need to know your numbers. You need to know where you're at. But also for the individual, for the, the business owner, is actually know your own numbers. And this is actually to do with your own health. And because such, such a lot is reliant on you, you, you uh, upon you, um, you are the leader, you're the figurehead. People are, are there to follow you. You've got to be on your A game just about 24 seven. Um, and you want people to be, you know, you want to be able to attract the right people. But you've got to know your own numbers. So you've got to look after yourself. And that's, you know, you know, I took that as well. It's like blood pressure, your cholesterol. You know, do you know your numbers? You know, do you know them? So I think and I was told that to not just as, as business leaders, we were told, know your numbers, not for your business, but for you as well. Because if, if you do, you are always going to be one step ahead because you can always do things about it. You know, if the numbers aren't quite what you're wanting to see, that is why you're in that position. You're great at what you do, you know, and uh, inspiring, you know, but you need to know your numbers and then you can always continue. Agreed. I know if I haven't run three times a week, I'm not, I'm no good for anybody. <laughs> so it's a very basic number that I, I um, yeah. swear by. Uh, Brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so Mel, I'm sure um, our listeners have been fascinated and inspired by what you've had to say today. How do they uh, find you um, if they want to follow up? Yeah, well, um, cloud busting. We have um, a website, so that should easily be found. Um, www .cloud, it's dash busting com. Um, but also, uh, I tend to be on LinkedIn. That's my where certainly the people I follow and also, you know, sort of take uh, inspiration from uh, are on LinkedIn. So I'm on LinkedIn as uh, Melanie Archbold, um, and Cloud Busting's on on there as well. Um, I've also got a, um, a business owner scorecard which I use uh, with my clients um, to measure so they can kind of assess where they're at on the, the business owner sort of journey uh, before and then during, you know, when we've worked together and then also afterwards. And obviously, again, know your numbers. We're looking for improvements in numbers. It's always about making sure we improve on them. So, yeah, I have a business owner scorecard as well, which um, I can always share with people if they were interested, if they want to just get, get in touch. Brilliant. Great. Well, Mel, thanks very much. I really appreciate you taking the time today and um, good luck with your future endeavours and the, the clients that you're working with are very lucky. 
so thanks again for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot, Rich. It was, it's been a really good um, opportunity. Um, and I also think with with what you're doing as well, I think there's a, there's a lot of good synergies there. It's great that we're all focused on supporting manufacturing. It's, um, it's the backbone. Thanks so much to Mel for being our first interview subject. Scaling isn't easy and hopefully Mel's insights give you pause for thought about where you are in your journey. Hopefully everything worked like it should have and you could hear both sides of that fabulous conversation. It might come as no surprise to you that this is our first podcast. But like all things, practice makes perfect. And if you want to see if that saying holds water, join us back here in two weeks time when I'll be talking to another highly experienced automotive industry and supply chain expert, Tom Hughes. A Northern Ireland native like myself, Tom is an internationally acclaimed champion in the two-second lean methodology. If you'd like to know more about what lean is without drowning in jargon, Tom is a great person to learn from. So join us back here for episode two of Made to Grow, the manufacturing podcast brought to you by Flowlands.